0: Hey guys, in today's episode, we're doing things a little differently. To mark our 20th episode, we have brought in a special guest to share some thoughts and experiences. Tune in and enjoy. Welcome, I am Nico. And I am Andrew. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the weekly news on the stock market, discussing investment strategies and talking about stocks
1: welcome back to the It to dollar podcast and today we have a very special guest and he is a former red bull rookie climbed plenty of mountains and most importantly he has jumped out of an airplane introducing our today's guest reza so how are you reza how have you been doing
2: i'm good man uh, thanks nico thanks andrew for having me uh, yeah, yeah thank you a very very beautiful day very beautiful. Dear. First of all, I want to thank you because you're on our podcast
1: today and it's an honor to have you. But maybe you can give us a little bit of background of who you are today, right? Like to our listeners, they give them a little
2: juice on who you are as a person. Can, can. So I wouldn't give uh, too much details. Um, But uh, yeah, so I am now uh, in my early 30s. Um, So I've been with, uh, so I currently work at Shell. Uh, Please note. Uh, everything I say <laughs> is a personal <laughs> opinion uh, <laughs> due to the nature of my work. Um, but yeah, so I've uh, so I studied locally um, in Damansur Jaya, SMK DJ. Props up to all the DJ-ins who listen to this. Um, and then after that, I went to KDU to do a diploma in uh, mass communications. And then, yeah, so my almost 20 years of my life my circle was just around damansara jaya and then i decided to take the leap of faith and uh jumped out of damansara jaya went to sunway which is monash university um so that's uh, education so i went to monash university to do a double major in psychology and communication so a little bit of background on why i did Communication, uh, I guess. Uh, like many of you, maybe today, those of you who think that your mathematics uh, not that great, this is probably something
3: <laughs> a bit more
2: natural for you to go to Relatable,
3: lah, Relatable. I uh, yeah, lot <laughs> sure
2: of you are to this, huh? But of course, this is a ring it to money, a uh, ring it to dollar uh, podcast. So I, I would assume a lot of you know numbers pretty well. Um, but yeah, so I went. So I, that route of uh, studying comms and then after that I was thinking, you know, I cannot just be doing comms all this throughout my life. So I decided I, I need to include a bit more social sciences. So again, I thought of another another place to do that would be psychology. Boy, was I wrong uh, because psychology is a lot to do with statistics, bro. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, but I, I'm glad I, I did psychology. Um, it opened my eyes to to understanding behaviors and consumer behaviors and uh, a lot of it also helped me with uh, raising a kid um, who actually yes I am married I have a three-year-old uh, with me three-year-old boy um, so yeah it taught me a lot on uh, early development or child development at the early age so quite fortunate that you know managed to learn that um yeah so I think uh, just before we go into it, uh, is that ever since I left school, um, I've never stopped working till day to date. Yeah, so after school I went to uh, Starbucks. I was in Starbucks for about a year, um, and then I joined uh, KDU as you guys know. And then after that, uh, I was doing part time. Uh, in a a retail outlet in uh, the curve selling uh, coffee machines and uh, coffee beans. Um, And after that, I got a chance to join uh, radio. So I was with uh, FlyFam for a good four and a half years um, doing uh, on ground. On ground announcing, or uh, yeah, and a bit of singing uh, there.
1: I just want to ask: Is it uh, you You said you joined Fly FM, right? Is it because of your your voice, your deep voice, that you got that opportunity? <laughs>
2: no. So <laughs> I, okay, so I think we will come back to this. Like a lot of things that I do, uh, or just so happen, I join. They revolve around me very closely. So for Fly FM, I, I've always been the one who. Uh, when they the rovers, huh? specifically the FlyFM troopers, when I was studying, I used to also chase, not chase, like, whenever they are nearby, yeah, I would go and check them out and then join, you know, join the activities and all that. And then suddenly one day I'm the one who's doing that uh, with Fly FM for god number of years. So, yeah, so that also brings me to Shell, which is also, also my family project. Um, uh, go-to uh, station or brand, right, for the mm-hmm. longest years. So and then suddenly one day I joined Shell. And one of my best friends, actually, his parents both work for Shell. And <laughs> strangely enough, a few years ago, I was in the same department as his mother. And I have the same name as his father. So, <laughs> yeah. So things really uh, go in a very... Uh, I guess uh, a circle that you, you yeah you never know how your circle goes it's almost like a
1: butterfly butterfly effect right like yeah. everything you do is almost related to everything right? right yeah so I maybe when you when you you joined fly FM right you said you were there four and a half years how was your experience in fly Fm because um, it's uh, I would say it's almost new to you like you were new to the job force right you were like yeah you said you were working in Starbucks and um, retail outlet right but when you go join FlyFM, I believe that you were like almost like a full-time employee right yeah. almost like a like a real first job I won't say the rest are not yeah. real right yeah. the rest are real obviously <laughs> I'm not
2: looking down or anything but uh like Fly FM, like it takes up a lot of your time right yeah so um I think I attribute it first of all, to my time in Starbucks. So this is something I actually would like to share. Like Starbucks was the pinnacle of where I learned how to work, um, how to learn, uh, how I learned to face customers or how to communicate with people outside of my social circle. Um, but yeah, that, that, that Starbucks experience for that one year, I mean, um, that was, I think, the biggest base till that I bring it to now, right? Where, whatever I do in my daily job, talk, talking about customers and all that, it's it's based off my experience with Starbucks. I'm not giving, you know, Starbucks about advertisement yet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, are they paying uh, you, Razor?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like they're paying you. <laughs>
2: yeah, but where I'm coming from is that where you choose your first. Uh, career or your starting point of your career, that's where you learn the most. Out out outside of school, right? Whatever you're doing programming, doing whatever, right? Technician or whatever it is, but that I think what you learn there, that that, that would be one of your biggest space to expand. And never forget that, you know, how you your first encounters with a customer, your first encounters with a boss, your first encounters with your salary, right? So uh yeah so that's that's the that's the point i'm trying to make la. so but then back to your point to fly fm um, it was a job that paid okay uh, it paid the most for the amount of time that i was uh, being given so at the time i think retail were paying about six uh, no no they were paying about four ringgit an hour like if you worked in uniqlo and all that or could be more at the time, but this was the least, uh, I would say, quote-unquote, least amount of work to do. Uh, and uh, yeah, ROI was very high. La.
3: <laughs>
2: Basically, you're talking about like time commitment, right? Compared time to... Commitment. Yeah, uh, yeah what you earn and all that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, but of course, uh, the, the, the experience there was very, very different. It's a media industry. Uh, the media industry works very, very fast, uh, long hours. And, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's physically straining more than mentally straining, like I would say. So a lot of events, you know, a lot of people here to manage uh, celebrities and all that. So at one point, <laughs> a funny story, um, <laughs> I went to Conti. So we call Conti as in the radio where the announcers would uh, have the studio. Right. So outside the studio, there's like a, a, a bench or a, a sofa place. And funny enough, one day I walked in and I saw like 10, 11 uh, Asian guys um, uh, of yeah, like Asian guys and I was thinking, who are these guys so I went into the quanti I thought who's that those outside they said oh that's super junior bro I said oh
3: what? okay, okay. <laughs> 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 so
2: yeah you know you, you encounter things like that when you work in, a, in in I guess a media industry so you will have your culture shocks at first and then after that you'll be like oh okay it's just it's just Anwar Zain, or it's just Yuna, whatever it is. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So then, I also have a that. very
1: funny story, you know, Reza? Like, <laughs> yeah. it, like we, we are talking about our early career, right? I'm I'm still uh, very early in my career, I would say, right? Uh, my my first job as well. I, I won't say my first job because I had a job before this. It's my second job right now. But when I was studying, right? And I also uh, was working part-time like you, uh, but not as long as you. You said that you never stopped, right? I, I, yeah. I couldn't, right? Uh, not that dedicated, not that smart to handle vote. So I had the semester break and I was working at a retail outlet as well uh, so at this clothing shop. So one day, a celebrity walked in as well and... Me being me, I don't watch Malaysian entertainment. Nah, I'm not looking down at any Malaysian entertainer or anything, right? I just don't watch. I rarely even turn on the TV, right? And someone, everyone was like going hype about this one tall Malay dude that came in because we were at Alamanda, right? Uh, Alamanda is a Putrajaya Mall. And mm. it's very known for all the Malay uh, actors and actresses or whatever to come in there and shop. And he came in and he was like, uh, you know like picking up clothes like three or four like he's not even looking at a price tag and he's just like walking along and, and me being me I, I was the one that went and approached him to help him out and I don't know who he was and he was like I the celebrity discount and I'm like uh, why celebrity? and he's like looking at me like do you not know who I am? do you not know who I am? and I'm like uh, I, I'm not so sure maybe you should ask the, the boss or anything and it was actually very embarrassing because I didn't know who he was and everyone was laughing at me because like, I just didn't know. And that was when I knew that if I'm working out there, I need to know more about the world instead of just being my own, in my own eggshell,
3: mm. right? Mm. That, back, that was babe. a
1: funny story. Uh, <laughs> I, I can relate as well when you're telling. But yeah, so far your Fly FM journey has been like very smooth sailing, right? And then mm. you got the opportunity in Shell. And how was your opportunity in Shell so far, Reza? Your journey, I, I believe that your journey has been uh, I would say, let me put this gently, very amazing, right? <laughs> it's been a very exciting journey, right?
2: Uh, well, it has its ups and downs. Uh, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely very, very grateful to where I am today, um, my career in Shell. But yeah, I started out, uh, so I graduated from Monash. And um, at one point of time, I was thinking, where am I going to join? Uh, what, what company am I going to? join right because i'm still in fly fm while i was studying and i was mm-hmm. thinking okay um why not uh, just look around lah. so i did go into a few interviews um one of it was one of the big fours and i went into interview and you know it was very very eye-opening like how graduates uh, how how hard it is to get into a graduate program so just want to put it out there those of you who are in a graduate program you are i guess you're pretty smart um but yeah so i joined (laughs) so uh, i had a friend so again the, the guy who i told you about uh whose parents were working with shell um he was also in shell uh at that time and uh apparently there was like a mass hiring um, for the Cyberjaya office. So he asked for a resume, I gave my resume, and then I went for an interview. Uh, I still remember one of the interview questions were, how many legs does a spider have? Can you answer, Andrew? How many legs? I think
1: think it's eight, right? (laughs) If it's not a
3: trick question, it should be eight, okay? If it's a trick question, I wouldn't know. (laughs) Is it eight?
0: I mean, (laughs) I I would answer it depending, it depends on how many wars the spider has been in.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so that was my interview question getting into here. How many legs does a spider have? Um, Jokes aside, um, the person who interviewed me um, happened to be one of my mentors later on in my career um, into shell in hr so nice. yeah so joining Shell, uh it was a bit of a culture shock um you know they're very strict on certain things like safety and and diversity and inclusiveness and all that and you hear that at the start of a career and you're thinking Betul or like you know? Are you sure? Um, but I think uh, the company resonated with me because I think all my throughout my life um, or yeah throughout my life I I've always embraced diversity. So I went to Chinese school before uh, secondary school. So primary Chinese school. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was really a big culture shock. Even though at that time probably I didn't comprehend it as much. Um, and getting back to share is that yeah, they really, really pay a lot of attention to diversity, inclusiveness, and and uh, safety. So I felt very safe. Um, so I guess that's where a lot of people, you know, last time they stay in share for like thirty years, forty years, because it's just a culture that makes people feel very comfortable uh, and it's it's rightly so uh, that's how the, the modus operandi is like right make you as comfortable as possible so that you can you can uh, perform at your very very best so Of course, uh, like I said, yes, it's ups and downs. Um, Coming into a shared service center, cyber chair office, you're competing with hundreds. eh? So you're not competing with like a team of five or ten. You're competing with hundreds um, in a specific um, department. So it was very early on. I understood that you have, and they always said, so. At the start, at the very start, people always talk about visibility. You always hear this word visibility, visibility, visibility. It's always about visibility. But then you already, what is visibility, right? Visible means, um, do I have to introduce myself to everybody, or do I have to do something really amazing, or what? So actually, in actual sense, is that it's all networking, right? So, mm. but then it's not just like who you know or what you know or who you know or who knows you it's also who you know and what you are known for right Right. so um i was very very lucky so again my past experiences uh, from fly fm uh, and you know my red bull rookie thing gave me a little bit of uh difference. La. Uh, when people talk about Razor at that time, my personal brand was, okay, a guy who came from radio and was a, uh, a professional racer with the Red Bull prior to coming with us in Shell. So the personal brand at that point was quite strong. Um, so the leaders, uh, in the department, were, I guess uh, they knew who I was. And then we had a, uh, just two weeks into the job, uh, we had a, a, what do you call that? A trip to Bali. Um, yeah, it was a department away day. Um, so there they tasked me with becoming the MC. And of course, two weeks in, that was a perfect opportunity for me to show them at a the time who or who I am and what I can do in front of stage, line because that's what I do, right, in flight. <laughs> so it was very, very comfortable for me. So I went there, you know, I did my thing. Um, so everybody knew me, and then everybody got along, and that's where I uh, established my personal brand um, throughout uh, the HR career. And of course, within the career, you know, uh, performance is everything, right? So you have to be able top of your game. Uh, when I say at the top of your game is that Everything has to be on top of your game, right? So not just your work is on time, but, you know, you're on time, you look okay. I mean, you look presentable, you're you're in the right projects, you're uh, you're engaging with the leaders, you're engaging with your peers. And, yeah, so that is what I felt at the time uh, helped me out. And then I just brought that forward to my subsequent uh, roles in Shell. So uh, I've been in Shell for for eight years and this is actually my sixth role. Um, So I'm very, very fortunate to be able to actually, you know, um, move about uh, rather uh, with a bit more agility, I would say. Um, Yeah, so I don't know, man, I'm going to let you guys ask questions. Yeah, Nico, uh, uh,
1: when you joined uh, your interview, right, do do you remember Hmm. how competitive it was when you joined yours? Because we were talking about competitiveness, right? Uh, In the MNC world, Uh, being an engineer right today in Malaysia, how competitive is it for an engineer to get a job in Malaysia?
0: Right. It wasn't too bad, I think, because in a sense that in the job application process, right, there were, of course, a few companies that I applied for. And most of them, you know, you're not going to hear back from them at all. (laughs) But um, some of them do respond with emails and then you get called for certain interviews and stuff. But I guess in general, every interview you have is a new opportunity for you to more or less sharpen your skills in terms of response, how you present yourself and, you know, how you package these parts of yourself because you want to be able to show that you know you have certain skill sets right but how do you bring that up in a conversation based upon the questions that they line up for you right and they don't ask you directly so like what i was saying about the eight-legged spine (laughs) (laughs) so you know the way you answer that question right will show a lot about yourself like your thinking skills or are you in the box or out of the box you know there's a lot of different ways you could answer that question right Mm -hmm. you could ask you could reply with a question instead asking about the spider is it a real spider figurative spider you know and mm-hmm. yeah but in the sense competitiveness i think it'll be quite high because your, your cv gets thrown out a lot based on your grades right if, yeah. if you're going through the uh, traditional channel of applying and sending in your resumes and stuff like that so the filtering process in the early stages can be quite critical i think and for those of us li- listening in, I think you should, shouldn't should take it too hard if you get rejected in the early stages, but rather focus on the interviews that you do get into and how you improve on your interview processes. Because I had to attend a few different interviews under a few different companies before I actually landed my current job. And so I can say with that experience, it was tough to accept, but it's always an opportunity to learn, right? And it's like Reza was saying again about branding yourself and your visibility, right? How you package your skill sets and present it to them through conversation. Yeah. I think it's very key. For me? Yeah.
1: Yeah. For me, right, Nico, uh, maybe I want to explain a little bit because like I had an interview with Shell as well, right? Uh, Currently Reza is uh, obviously a different department for me, but like you said, interviewing is obviously a never easy part in getting a job, right? Obviously, that's the first hurdle, right? Get Once you pass your first hurdle, then things might be a little bit easier, right? But for me, the interview itself was competitive, like... I believe one day when I was applying for the job, right, I was fortunate enough to get in on job Street, and I saw like there was 3,000 applicants. Right? Like, like when you look at 3,000 applicants, you're thinking like, what are my chances? One out of 3,000, that's like what, so tough, right? And I was like, you know what? Fine, I'll just go for it. And I remember one day, maybe this was uh, one of the reasons why I got it, but I feel like this was one of the reasons why I got it. When I went to the interview, right? The, the interviewer asked me, uh, describe yourself in one word. And in a blink of an eye, I just said, like, change. I would say that I change. Uh, Because, like, remember back in uni days, right, Nico? In the early Uh years of our uni days, we were definitely not the best students, I would say. (laughs) 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 We we were all over the place, right? And then we definitely went through a phase where we realized that, shit, uh, things are not going well for us, right? Mm-hmm. so I kind of like gave her like a sad story right so like try to get in the emotion side of it do you think that's a good idea Reza try to get personal and in the emotion side of it
2: yeah so um, of course uh, throughout uh, my time in share, I also referred quite a few number of my friends um, who interested to join and of course uh, naturally they asked me what the interview process would be right so mm-hmm. Um, my ultimate uh, advice was, you know, just be truthful, but you must have um, something that they will remember you by. Um, because everybody's, yeah, if you are going through 10 again, uh, right. I, if you're talking about chances of remembering a certain person, would you remember uh, a person who is just, you know, mundane, you know, you're not typical. Okay. I grew up here. I studied here. I worked here, here and here I am. What But you would remember those who said, you know, this is how, uh, this is, these were my challenges. Mm -hmm. This is how I overcame those challenges. And this is where I am today. And here's what I can do for you. Mm -hmm. And those things will stick. Um, You know, everybody's... I guess, uh, part of life is, is is very different. So some people may be coming from, uh, you know, didn't have a, a, a strong educational background, but he had a very strong technical background because he knew that was what he lacked. So those kind of people who overcome those very specific challenges to their to their own story, those are the ones that stick, right? So I'm sure everybody would have one story about themselves, but whether it's comfortable enough for you to share that is a bit more of a corporate setting than not uh you know kesah, kesah penna, yeah. <laughs> la, right like, yeah yeah, that's yeah. so it's turning those mm-hmm. moments in your life that were life changing for you mm-hmm. into uh, a story for the interviewee because especially in early careers they always ask about yeah oh Tell me about yourself. That question is so is so I guess it's so important and it's so common, but it's so Mm -hmm. important for fresh grads or people in early of their careers because that's what differentiates them from that three thousand. As you said, right? One out of three thousand. So that's what differentiates you. Uh, so when you say change, maybe everybody else said or describe one word about me. Fun, exciting (laughs) Mm -hmm. or I don't know, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. But when somebody else says something different, then that's where uh, you get to elaborate further and that's where people remember you a bit more.
1: Yeah. And that since you've been in Shell for a while, right, and you've obviously... I would say master a few set of skills like you were saying earlier from Red Bull rookie, from driving, driving against you at the go-kart session. Right. And being absolutely uh, shellacked to the side of the corner. (laughs) right. What are the important skill sets that got you through your career? Like you said, MC was one of them, but other than MC, what, what is it? Like you say, you need to be able to present yourself to your higher ups to be, to be for a to allow people to see you so what are the the skill sets that can enable those kind of things
2: yeah so i think most importantly is confidence and resilience um when i say those two words um, it may vary person to person but for me confidence was that you know i was fairly confident in my abilities and skill sets i brought which is, you know, my past experiences with Starbucks, my past experiences in Fly.fm or even my past experiences when I was growing up, um, studying in a Chinese school, being a minority. So I was confident that I brought something different and I'm confident that I was able to communicate that clearly um, through whatever advice or whatever social interactions with um, those that I have, especially those in the in in the in the. Uh, Corporate setting. Um, But I also was very confident in my skills to be able to build relationships. So I think that's where the bigger term networking comes about. Um, I guess partly due to some um, things that I do. Whatever it is, like right, my my, uh, able to to relate a bit more closer to those, uh, I get to know a little bit more. So be it sports or gaming or, uh, you know, uh, food and beverage and whatever it is, right. So I was confident that I was able to start a conversation, go into a deeper level of conversation, and and really understand these people. So confidence, um. Resilience, um, Wow, well, I think uh, if I give you the kesah benar part of things, it would be very emotional.
3: But <laughs> um, I think
2: <laughs> my life story gave me a lot of resilience in understanding that things are not always going to be this way forever or things will always have an opportunity to change because Like many of us, you know, maybe school wasn't so great or maybe college wasn't so great or maybe our first career wasn't so great. But what we learned uh, along the way was that uh, we all made it out anyway. And you're here today. You are given an opportunity to do something different or continue to do what you're doing good. Uh, So that's resilience, right? So whatever in your career uh, Whatever that's being thrown at you, if you're able to, you know, transform that into something that's very, very positive for you, I think that's that's your, that's for me, uh, resilience, right? Because um, you have to adapt. Things will change. People will change. Your bosses will change. Your friends will change. Your colleagues will change. Sometimes your companies will change. So... You just have to, yeah, it really depends. It differs. Not everybody's more resilient than others. But I think those two skill sets for me um, were very important. Everything else, I myself, I know I can learn anything. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) as long as you give me the opportunity, I would do my very best to learn it and do it at the best of my ability whether you like it or not uh, that's up to you lah
0: mm-hmm. right I, the self-initiative i think is very important right especially yeah whatever the task that might be handed to you your the self-initiative your willingness to learn and improve constantly and take the criticism yeah i think it's a great part as well yeah yeah mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, actually, I got I read this somewhere, right? Uh, one one football coach was trying to pick a player, when, uh, a junior football coach, right? And the way he picks his players, right, is not who can kick the ball best or who's the best finisher. Let's say he's picking a striker, right? It's who has the highest confidence because technical skills can be trained, right? But it, as a person, right, to train your character is, is tough, right? It's tough to train a, per, a, a person's character. I think that, that is also what you're trying to say, right, Reza? Mm-hmm. You, you have to be... Correctly, you have to. Correctly, you have to be at a level where you can improve yourself, right? Some those some things can't be really taught, right?
2: Yeah, but you also have to understand everybody's different. Everybody is mm-hmm. a very uh, yeah, confident true. person or mm-hmm. whatever it is. So it's it's really playing to your your strengths. Mm-hmm. So if you're very technical, you're very analytical, then you have to figure out how best. You shine that through, lah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And if you're a person who gets demotivated easily, what motivational talk, but yeah, gets like demotivated easily. Then find out what what motivates you uh, faster, um, so that you don't get demotivated so fast. I guess mm-hmm. yeah. That's where I'm coming from, lah. There's always a way um, to go about things.
1: Yeah, I. When, when we're at this motivational phase, right, uh, Reza, I just want to ask you, you were in the MNC world and you were having multiple jobs also before this, right? Um, in the MNC world, I believe that things are different from uh, working at a retail or because MNC is just so huge, right? Not everyone knows you and you will not know everyone compared to a company that has only 20 people, right? Like my old company, I had only 20 people uh, in the engineering firm, right? And I know everyone and everyone knows me. So it's more closely related like that. But what is different when you're coming from a point like this? Like Maybe you can compare with your retail experience and your MNC
2: side. For me, because I, I guess the, the companies I've joined, okay, so probably the, the smallest one that I joined was that retail one where I was selling coffee mm-hmm. um, and coffee machines and comparing that to MNC, um, well, it's, it's sky and <laughs> the sky <laughs> and the ground, right? Because <laughs> there you are a small player, you are, you know, your brand, so if you coming back to my technical skills in my current role. So I I manage the brand. So the brand shell is just so huge and it's been around for the longest years, right? Even before our great grandfathers were born. So uh, it's also easy that it's been around for so long that um, when you stamp the name shell, it, it's ultimately recognized. But if let's say, back then, company ABC, nobody knows you, so you have to work a lot harder also to get people to trust you. So mm-hmm. this is talking about brand differences. Huh? So mm-hmm. when I came to Shell, so whatever I do, if I were to go out and I say Shell, I work for Shell, I do this, and everybody, ultimately, that brand already helps you, Cut so many layers um, to what you're trying to sort of uh, uh, prove or try to increase in whatever trust that you need mm-hmm. to do. Yeah, depending lah, uh, whatever business it is. So that's the difference. When you in an MNC, the brand is so much stronger than the individuals that's in the MNC. So you probably a person in a, in a certain in a in a company that has such a strong brand, let's like say Amazon, Google, Apple, Facebook, when you immediately hear these names, you're always like, mm-hmm. okay, so I want to know more because there are such household names or there's such strong names that I would pay more attention to. So mm-hmm. that's one, so attention and trust and the brand, right? So if mm-hmm. you're in a small retail space, yeah, you're very niche, but you have to work a lot more harder than those big guys. So I think that's the main difference. Um, mm-hmm. uh, having a major brand behind you, but internally, like I guess in a working culture, everybody is at the same level because everybody has the same brand behind them. Right? So, mm-hmm. um. So that's where, you know, things can get a bit uh, spicy,
3: spicy,
2: spicy because you may have other people coming in from different MNCs or different Mm -hmm. brands behind them, and then they try or, or they try to bring those brands in and whether it works or not or however they use it, I'm going very generic here, but however they use <laughs> it, it, it's subjective, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody has the, so if let's say I were to leave uh, this company today and the next company I go to, I will always bring this shell brand with me and whether it is good or bad, <laughs> it's very subjective to whoever that is is going to receive it. So, yeah, so I think that's a, a major difference I'd like to put out, is it's the weight or the strength of the brand that's, uh, that you 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 have coming into different companies.
1: Yeah, that that's, that's a very good way to put, it. because when I was working in a, what do you call it in a small, for smaller firm, right? I felt like uh, everyone knows each other. And when you go into a bigger firm, like let's just say Shell, right? When you say, when you let someone know you're working for Shell, the first thing they're like, oh, Shell, right? Oh, okay. So you you must be at a certain level or anything, but obviously that's not always true. It always boils down to the individual, right? You can work at the most prestigious company, but you can still be uh, not not that talented or anything, right? It's always boils down to the individual, but, the, the, the impression of people like, oh, Shell, oh, oh, you must be rich or anything like that, right? Because like MNC pays you better or whatever. But yeah, that, that's one thing I can totally relate. But one thing we I want to correlate because we are Ringgit to Dollar podcast, right? Uh, obviously, we are money podcast, but today we are understanding because in career right, you still need money, you still work. The, the, one of the main reasons you're working is obviously for your goals, your personal happiness and all the stuff, right? But all those stuff comes along with money right at the end of the day you still want to earn money that if you are not getting paid i i would think it's not logical way to work
3: right <laughs> it's
1: like a free labor slavery right it's, it's not it's not like that so how can you correlate money career and
2: happiness correlating money career and happiness well mm-hmm. wow, that's that's a really tough one i think because sometimes when you have money when you have- when you have the means, okay, let's not use the word money. Lah. Mm-hmm. I guess having the means to do something, it's all personal decisions. So whatever I'm going to be talking about here is very a bit more my view or my opinions on, on, on this specific question. Um, for me, uh, I do have certain things I want to do at a certain Age, uh, my own personal goals. So, take for instance, um, marriage, uh, a very common topic. So, I uh, uh, initial uh, initial part of my years, I really thought, okay, I'm gonna get married between twenty six to twenty eight, and I need a career um, that would be able to sustain me to do this specific goal, which is marriage and mm-hmm. fortunately enough, of course, uh, working in an MNC gives you a bit more upper hand. I'm not saying yeah. So just for me working in uh, an MNC allowed me to reach that specific goal mm-hmm. um, that I had for me. And then after marriage, then you set your next goal. I want to buy a house. Or I want to buy a car. I want to buy whatever it is. So that's where I guess, it really correlates. I guess for a lot of people it's is the same way. You know, what you want in life will then you will work for. Um so yeah, happiness peace. That happiness piece I guess as long as you continue to be able to achieve those goals that you have, um wherever you are and however much money you're making would wouldn't make a lot of difference because mm-hmm. you reach those goals. Yeah, so you can be, just take for example, you can be somebody who's earning XX amount of money and you've reached all those goals and maybe you're not even an MNC and it's it's still your own happiness, right? So,
3: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
1: I think Whatever. that's yeah. that's what thing, we, one thing we can realize is happiness is subjective to everyone, right? Mm-hmm. and not not everyone needs to have like certain things at a certain age. Some people can understand that you know what I'm happy living simple, and some people wants to the del- wants to have the luxurious luxurious lifestyle right mm. so nico what's what's your take on this relation with money and, and happiness and careers?
0: I think Reza put it very well already in the sense that you know um Money is, of course, a motivation for a lot of people in the sense that you want to improve your life, you want to achieve your goals, you want to set out and do certain things. You will need money to do it, right? We view money as a tool, right? So, um, of course, early on in your career, especially, there's a lot of things you do have in mind. You need to, you know, get a car or get married or get a house or whatever you need. Also, you need money. So it's really a personal thing. You have to ask yourself, what do you want in the coming years? And then set the goals and then go out and... You know get a job that matches your goals but if money is not really the issue and your goals are more towards like career driven you want to be at a certain position by the end of your career right then i don't think the money aspect really matters but perhaps the branding like we were talking about earlier matters to you like where is your next step going to be rather than you know chasing after money in a sense also as we view money as a tool right I, for me personally, I, I view it as a tool, and I always want my tool to get bigger.
3: <laughs> so
0: um, yeah, and I do that with investments, and you know I'm starting that out early, early on in my career. And so perhaps maybe I can ask Riza, Um, I think for all of us, right, when we were in school, and then when we get out of school, and we first experience our first paycheck and stuff like that, somehow or another, right, investment opportunities either find us or we find event investment opportunities. You know, welcome. some products for you and you know, you can join and stuff like that. So how has that experience been for you? Like perhaps maybe you can differentiate what happened earlier on in your career as to your view on it now.
2: Yeah. So man, early on in my career, of course, um, like you said, uh, there's so many different, uh methods of investing but of course at that point of time we don't even know the actual word of investments we only knew the word that we knew was savings it was all about saving 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 saving. so savings account uh, have a savings uh, at the end of the month have some savings for your food and all that so it was always saving 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 but we never talked about investment so hmm. um so early on in my career, I think well, in until very probably midpoint um, of my life, i never really looked into the word investing um, and it is so important now that I have a child, uh, I have a family um, and I have certain goals uh through you know towards the end life uh, uh, end of life um, that this word investment is so important. And I wished uh, uh, I was educated uh, a bit more early on in my career. Because again, investments, people think it's invest for one, two years. No, right? Because mm-hmm. investments take 10, 20, 30 years um, for most of it to, to really get the the right uh, profits I would say or the right percentages that we're looking for so yeah I think my view on it has definitely changed uh, and my wish I guess not regret but yeah I I wish I'd learned about it much (laughs)
3: much earlier (laughs) perhaps
2: in school right I mean if I knew about I don't know people. if let's say there was a a teacher who came to me and said okay today we will learn about Warren Buffett (laughs) what did he do and where is today at that point of time uh, and right. thinking okay so this is what we have to do guys right we have, if you want to be like him then we have to do this but we always had very very different role models to look up to whether <laughs> it's political or athlete or whatever but it's good those are good but They should have included this part of life uh, that is very, very important for sustenance, right? Because Mm. they never talked about inflation. They just talked about what happened back in history, all the wars and all that, but they never talked about money so i think yeah. uh, now is i mean for you guys who are younger it's it's really an opportune time to read about it learn about it understand it a bit more and then as you go throughout your career i think uh yeah not just savings investments is is mm-hmm. the right word to look out for
1: mm-hmm. nico uh, maybe yeah. i can chip in a little bit also because mm-hmm. back then when we at uni right uh, me and you going back way back when we were 18 right now we're a little bit older a little bit not too old uh but today back then our words of investments right for me at least right i felt like investings were only for the rich like because i was brought up from a middle class family right i won't say super rich or uh, i'm struggling financially but i was in from a middle class family and i was always taught like uh, like what reza said always save your money and make sure you have enough and you know you don't want to be financially struggling and when we're talking about financially struggling right It it's it actually happens over time like inflation enough will creep up on you right and we always had that thought like investment is for the rich and it is risky because you can lose money but we actually never really knew what investments really are in the first place because like everyone always thinks like investing is a get rich quick scheme like a casino like that, right, Nico? Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So what about you? What were your early thoughts? Because like, I know we are still very early in our career and we are fortunate a little bit that we have people around us that are talking about all of this stuff. World is definitely changing compared to back then. We have more access to all this information and knowledge, right? Today, with all social media and stuff. So what do you think when you first started off in what uh, high school or anything till today, what has your perception of investing changed?
0: Right. Okay. So like, again, with what Reza was saying earlier, I agree with like, the early exposure is very important. So if, you know, we had been started to be exposed to the word investment in high school, that would have been a much greater platform for the general generation, you can say. So everybody's aware of, you know, certain aspects, whether they choose to take action on it, that's entirely up to them. But at least, you know, uh, government has regulated that you know these are the things you at least need to know of that they exist right so um yeah and i think that was really a lack lacking point in our education but i think now if i'm not mistaken they have started imp- applying it in schools like i think in the later secondary i believe it's part of their syllabus i'm not too sure but yeah um regarding how my view has changed is, um i've always been curious about it and i've always uh I, i've I liked the game Monopoly a lot, <laughs> 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 and, and I realized in the game of Monopoly, right, it's not mm-hmm. so much about um, we, not so much about which particular location you have or wh- how many hotels you have. There's also a lot to do with strategy, and part of the game strategy that I found very interesting is that towards the not end of the up. game. No, 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 no. I mean, it's good to buy the expensive properties and then you can charge uh, heavy rentals, right? So whenever somebody comes on their lot, they have to pay you a lot. That's fine. That's part of the strategy. But also, I found it very interesting that how towards the end of the game, one of the better strategies is just get sent to jail. (laughs) (laughs) you will sit in jail for three dice rolls or whatever right and throughout that three dice rolls you don't pay a single cent you don't have to pay rent to anybody and people still owe you money right when they come onto your place so i I kind of saw that as like that's very interesting actually because there's different ways people play games right like when i was a child i would play i don't want to go to jail i don't want to go to jail but then when i played the game monopoly going to jail actually turns out to be a benefit And you Mm -hmm. save more money in that sense. So, of course, I don't want to end up in jail in real life. (laughs) I mean, what that that made me thought was, you know, how can I approach life differently? Mm -hmm. How can I, you know, save a buck here and make a buck there and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. So, and then also with, uh, I was very lucky in the sense that my parents um, gave me a bit of early education. My dad gave me these books to read on investments and stuff like that. So, I had a bit of a head start, I would say, compared to the peers in my batch right Um, for now I'm viewing it as an opportunity like I said is always to learn and to have time in the market right that's that's the benefit of me learning early is that I have a longer runway right basically for aiming for my retirement or for my child's going to university the first day of university or what I can set up different portfolios for different purposes so Currently, that's where I'm at, like, in my phase of, you know, in my journey of investing. I've Mm -hmm. I've done a bit of reading. I've learned a bit. And with the capital that I have, which is small, obviously, but at least... It's, it's a starting point for me, right?
1: Yeah, It's more mm. like a snowball effect, right? You you,
3: yeah.
0: you
1: don't have to start with a huge snowball. You can start with a small snowball. Let it roll. Exactly. Let it grow. Exactly. Bigger. It, it's fine. But while we're on this investing topic, right? I just want to ask a question to everyone, including myself, and maybe we let Reza go first because he's the honourable guest today and I'm <laughs> yes. a Red Bull rookie. You know, <laughs> don't, don't don't play a fool, okay? If you get uh, on a go-kart track with him, you'll get absolutely smoked. So uh, for those guys Ooh. who thinking, go, no, go on a go-cut track with him, uh, think twice. So <laughs> let me ask you this question, Reza, and maybe all of us can answer this question also after this. Since you are into investing already today, right? I believe you have started and stuff like that. What are your goals true investing? Because some people have stupid goals. I would say like to get rich within six months, uh, mm-hmm. to be a billionaire within six months, it doesn't make sense, right? Some things just doesn't make sense. So what are your goals? I believe yours will be a little bit, a, a lot more reasonable, right?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I started to learn about investing fairly recently. Um, also because, you know, I'm a bit more uh, I guess a bit at a more stable point of my career. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm able to also have the capacity to think about it and, and really look through. And when we're talking about goals, um, because I do have a a young child and a lot of my other goals would uh, revolve around my family. Mm -hmm. So my investment goals are exactly as Nico put it you know for uh, education of my child Um, and number two is for a post uh, retirement life that is not sad but Mm -hmm. very very um, uh, modest can we put it modest (laughs) I wouldn't even want to say modest, but I want to say that I'm able to live whatever I'm doing. I want to be able to live a life with uh however i'm doing right now right Mm -hmm. so if i'm able to go uh to buy a house i'm able to buy a car i'm able to go eat out i'm able to travel i want to be able to do all that even post retirement so that's my Mm -hmm. goal so of course there's calculations behind it which we i don't think so we would need to go (laughs) today Mm -hmm. but yeah my my personal goal is to be able to continue with the quality of life uh, for myself and uh, for my child yeah so i think in summary that's it you know to Mm -hmm. continue to have the quality of life uh, for the family. Mm-hmm.
1: Basically trying to build a portfolio that is inflation proof and you can still sustain your life even after retirement where debt will be something like a source of income, right?
2: Yeah, yeah,
3: mm-hmm. exactly. So-
1: what about you, Nico? I, I know that you are very enterprising. Uh, you started young. And when I started, I came to you a lot, right? We, we hmm. shared a lot of investing ideas. And obviously, uh, we have our differences. But what about you? What is your goal today?
0: Um, personally, for me, is like i mentioned earlier right with the funds in terms of having a retirement fund and then pushing that snowball down the hill having a fund for my child's education or whatever they want to be like personally i am not a fan of the education system i think i've made that quite clear with all my friends so like even if my child doesn't want to go university they want to be like a professional surfer or something then fine that fund can be used to you know buy them a surfboard or whatever and help them along in their career but that, that, that fund would probably be like the child's future future fund, right? Mm-hmm. And at the same time, also be able to elevate my current uh, being, right? So in terms of investment, I have short-term goals, long-term goals. And obviously, the ones I've men- just mentioned are more long-term goals. But for short-term goals, I'm looking to sort of elevate the current lifestyle that I have because I believe that I'm comfortable, yes, mm-hmm. but I don't want to stay too comfortable doing what I'm doing right now. Like I believe I can achieve more and I can do more. I have the skill sets to do more and if I have the funds if I have the capital for it why not right why 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 should, why would I hold myself back so my goals for investments is just basically to get better off in life and again like exactly what I saying, cause he is that because he's a he has a child of his own so I'm sure it, it's more deeper for him and I might not be able to understand the depth of it now but like to be able to give your child a better start than you did I think that's a general goal for everybody right yeah
1: yeah, I think what about you, very, Andrew? Very, very, I mean, very, very insightful, uh, Nicole, because like, coming to know you for so many years, right, never have I ever thought that we would get to a point that we're talking about challenge stuff, right? But for me, personally, right, my, my main goal of investing is always to, has always been to retire early. It's not that I'm lazy or anything. I, I, I enjoy working, but it's just mm. that I have a goal where I want to run a business one day where I can sustain myself and have like my side, uh, my my investments like won't, won't kill me. You know, like if I were to go and run a business today, right? And shit goes out, right? I'm basically screwed. I have to look for a job and start all over again. So my goal is obviously to, what do you call this, to retire early with investments and run businesses. And my business is very, very clear. And because coming from a family that, was not really my it was almost like a placebo to talk about money in my family you know mm. like uh, i i feel like money should be discussed more openly and that's why we started this channel right nico It to dollar podcast and also our youtube channel and yeah. my my goal in this world is actually to to tell people how important money is regardless how old you are or how young you are and yeah, the goal has been going so well so far. Recently, I I managed to convince my parents, my younger brother, even uh, the girl that I've been talking to, right, how how to look at things differently. You know, like, sometimes it, it's, it's good to look at things in a way where we used to look at things, but it's also important to look at things in another point of view. And with all being said, right, my other goal is obviously to travel the world. I'm pretty sure almost everyone knows that I want to travel the world. Even Reza knows like Reza, we only knew each other for what, like a year plus now.
3: Right. (laughs) Yeah. And
1: I've always showed you like, Oh, I want to go to what, uh, Norway and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So my, my goal is to travel the world and obviously working right now, is not going to be able to not, to be easy for me to travel like it's impossible for you to take two months off from your work and just like go missing uh two months later you come back and you don't have a job anymore <laughs> right so that's not gonna be possible but yeah uh, everyone has different goals i would say and it's down to you on how what your goals are it's it's not wrong to have short-term goals it's not wrong to have long-term goals at the end of the day Every goal has their way to invest. And it's the first step to identifying what way you want to invest is to identify your goal in the first place. If you have long-term goal, you, you have way more time in the market. You can invest way more loosely. If you have short-term goal, it's way more stricter. Your processes are way more stricter. Don't you agree with that, Nico?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it has a lot to do with risk as well. <laughs> so I think... Um, with your intro of Reza, you know, he's a rookie racer. He jumped out of a plane. <laughs> so yeah. you can see that, you know, risk is part of life, right? We take risk in many forms. Yeah. And, but the thing we have to know is like, when you, you go do skydiving, right? It's regulated. There are people, overwatching it and you know you're with the instructor right you don't get to just jump off a plane (laughs) (laughs) you are like tied down to the guy and then that guy does all the leading you're just experiencing the fall right Uh so but then with investments that's usually not the case so you have to get yourself educated that's the most important part lah like i personally have a strong distaste and i have a strong hateful feeling for these click on youtube that are saying you know market is crashing housing crashing inflation mm-hmm. and it's all bad news and it scares the newcomer yeah you know that's true like imagine if you're someone who just you know picked up your first book of reading stocks and you just finished. you're excited and then you hop on <laughs> to relax on youtube and everybody's <laughs> telling you the market's crashing so i mean it's it's I have a strong distaste for this and um, Mm -hmm. I feel the most important thing is to get yourself educated. Um, Ignore everybody else's opinion and Mm -hmm. try it out on your own, in your own capacity and Mm -hmm. be able to do your own risk analysis and say that, you know, I'm willing to take this risk and in in return, I'm hoping to get this reward. But be realistic about it at the same time. Mm -hmm. So whether it's in stocks or it's in real estate or it's in Bitcoin, you can go wherever you want to go. But, be realistic and be educated about it don't depend on other people's opinions and um what they say right Mm -hmm. that's why like i'm not invested in bitcoin at all because i don't understand enough about it right so i'm not willing to take that risk i have the control over that so i believe that's very important but with regards to risk (laughs) riza How 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 has it been? Because I believe your life has been very colorful in the sense of your experiences, you know, in Starbucks, in Fly FM, in Shell, and racing yeah. and stuff like that. How how is your approach to risk? Do you have like a limit, or <laughs> do you just you know you're a jump into it kind of guy?
2: <laughs> so well, it differs for different things, um, right. but generally, I think I'm a person who believes in continuous learning, mm. and I don't mind. So for me, the risk is not doing it um, because you won't experience it ever. So I think if you're talking about in the case of investments, if you've never gone and buy one stock, you will never understand the experience right. and the mm-hmm. risks involved. If, however much you learn about it, however much you read or, uh, or view YouTube, mm-hmm. until you click that buy button or that sell button, you'll never understand it. Mm. right so it applies to everything that i've done so skydiving you will never understand what it feels like until you jump off the plane not even just getting on the, on the plane jumping off the plane and landing appropriately right <laughs> if you jump on the plane you know you go on the plane and then you jump off and you don't land properly you know the experience may be very different um, um, it applies yeah even racing and all that so for me whatever opportunities that you uh, that you can learn from that's for me my view of risk is always it it would outweigh um, the bad as long as for you you're able to outweigh the bad then it's fine because i never (laughs) went into my decision of skydiving never ended up with the risk of dying (laughs) yeah So probably not everybody's like that a lot Mm. of people are with okay okay, i have the risk of dying here Mm -hmm. What do I need to do? But I never had that cross my mind. So fortunate or unfortunate, I don't know, right? (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I think growing up, I never had that uh, pull me back from doing things. So always just put uh, one foot forward and see what happens and adapt from there. So yeah, I think investment, somebody uh, I, I recently... Uh, going into a podcast, not podcast, a webcast. Mm-hmm. And the person said on investment specifically, if you don't invest in yourself to learn about investing,
1: mm-hmm.
2: don't even think about investing. Yeah, mm. that's very, uh, very true. So whatever it is, either you put your time, your efforts, that's that's most important, right? So for me, I'm at a stable point in my career where I'm able to put in a bit of money to learn more from the right people, Um that, you know, now I'm a bit more confident at doing things, but not everybody has that luxury. Um, so your, like, your current investments would definitely be really, really learning about it and, and how it would improve your know, quality of life.
3: Mm-hmm. But
1: maybe before we sign off today, right? I got one more question, uh, Reza, because like we've been over an hour, right? Usually we record our podcast for like forty minutes, but since the conversation has been so you know uh, uh, so fun, right? And I just want to ask you one last question. I, I just can't leave without this one, right? If you could, if you had to do it all over again when you, are, you you just graduated, what would you do different? Like the smallest and the tiniest thing can be different. Uh, that that you would change. I know, like you are the type of person that would say like there are many things that you wouldn't do different right because i'm pretty sure that those things that pulled you down made you who you are today as a person right
3: yeah yeah
1: yeah so but if there are that there is something that you would say what what would it be
2: Hmm, um i think money management right Mm -hmm. so definitely if i were 23 again Uh, not just talking about savings but yeah i mean i wish i would have known about investment earlier and i would have uh, probably have my first million now maybe Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean in terms of financials there's a lot of things that we would have done differently for everybody i'm sure (laughs) (laughs)
3: Uh,
2: but if you're talking about if you're talking about experiences (laughs) or decisions um Nothing major, really, and I think it, the reason why a lot of people say this is also because those who say it they understand that it it needed to happen, and I you have to trust the process uh, from whatever you believe in, right? Um, yeah, so I I, I wouldn't change uh, too many things. Um, probably health-wise, uh, probably eat better or <laughs> sleep better. But no, la, I, I still wouldn't change that. <laughs> it still wouldn't make me who I am today, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: right. Uh, I, uh, you are who you are today just because of your past experiences. But yeah. what's most important, I think, is that what you are today doesn't have to be what you will be tomorrow. So... Uh, that's that point where you can always change so Mm -hmm. yeah and don't change for others and change for yourself only
1: yeah Mm. i think nico one thing we can relate to that is that if we didn't go through our difficult stages in our college days right i I can gladly say that i wouldn't be who i am today i'm not saying i'm very successful no that's not the case okay i'm not very (laughs) successful okay but i am definitely i'm i am proud of who i am today if compared to what I was before if I didn't learn from that right. what do you have to say about that Nico?
0: Yeah I totally agree like I mean the circumstance can always be changed but it's always your responsibility to do it right you, mm. you can't really hope on anybody else or any other things to come in your life and change it for you mm. so take what you can and make of it what you may and be who you want to be there's always time for, for you to change and yeah. the sooner you realize it the better la, right
1: yeah and before we sign off today right Reza maybe you can give a word of advice to our listeners uh, your your wisdom of your 10 years working in Shell or something <laughs> like that
2: career wisdom um, wow i think never ever stop learning or never ever doubt yourself that you can learn something new if you if you feel if you ever feel that way in any point of your career do something else outside of your work that you can achieve. Doing something new, be it learn how to cook a steak, learn how to bite, or you know. I I, I feel the low jab by the way. <laughs> challenge challenge yourself outside of the workplace. Reason being is because that will give you the confidence for you to challenge yourself in the workplace. If you define yourself as to what you are able to do at your work then that means you're letting your work life guide you rather than you guiding your work life mm. so I think that's 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 the the wisdom i'd like to share so always have control of what you can learn or what you are able to do rather than tell or let somebody else control that for you
1: yeah that that's i think that's very very good uh, and i cannot agree more and For all our listeners, please listen to that. You know, uh, it brought him to where he is today, right? Red Bull rookie, you know, so don't play a fool, huh? (laughs) Mm. But yeah, for all our listeners, also, thank you for listening until today's, uh, until the end today, because it's been a long podcast and I appreciate uh, Reza's presence today because he definitely took his time away from whatever he's supposed to be doing, like playing Battlefield 4, I believe, (laughs) to (laughs) spend our time with us. So thank you, Reza. Thank you for being on the show today. Thanks, Thanks,
0: Reza. It was a great episode.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. so if, with that being said I would just like to sign off to tell you guys to and think before you invest guys if you are still here at the end of the podcast do follow this podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel to catch all the latest news from us you can follow our Instagram page at Andrew Morden that is M-O-R-D-O-N hope you enjoyed this podcast I will see you in the next episode but remember to always do your due diligence before investing till next time